And we're back with Cinema Cemetery. I'm Kate. And I'm Dan. And today we have Going My Way, which is 1944's American musical comedy drama classic. Directed by Leo McCary, starring Bing Crosby and Barry Fitzgerald. We are continuing our trek through the World War II films, just wrapping up Casablanca last week. And now we're into another one that doesn't focus on the war, but life at home. What is life like on the home front? And I'm not sure what life is like on the home front, Dan. It seems just pretty normal. What do you think? Well, I think what we have here is we have ourselves Larry Poppins. That's what we got here. <laughs> That's what I going I my liked way. mine better. Priest Poppins. Priest Poppins. Larry <laughs> Priest, Larry Priest, Priest Poppins. Poppins. Yes, it's the story <laughs> of Bing Crosby who plays Father Chuck. Father Chuck O'Malley, who is sent in to take over at a small parish. He is sent in originally to replace the aging priest. But as the but story not progresses officially. Well, officially. But he It's like this like doesn't want to tell him. Yeah. Well no 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 no. The the thing was, it wasn't he's gonna come in and officially quote unquote replace. It's you know, the guy's old and they don't want to upset or offend. So Bing Crosby's character is supposed to come in and very gently fix everything without the official title of being in charge. Uh, see, the I got the impression they wanted him. They told him you're taking over. And he was like, okay, I got to be a little more subtle, though. I got to sneak oh, sneak in so he doesn't get no, offended. No, the orders were to sneak so as to not offend. That was the official order. Okay, well, agree to disagree. But, this is what happens when we don't watch the movies specifically together. Yes, this was another quarantine edition. And so uh, we have the story of a priest who has arrived at a parish, and not only does he have the existing pastor to not even contend with, to uh, to navigate, to navigate, but he also meets some members of the community and decides to solve some problems. So that's that's the synopsis. Uh, in a nutshell, rather rather simple, low-stakes story, especially after the past couple uh, movies that we've been dealing with, a far smaller scale, probably due to the resources of the studio at the time. Yeah, I would say I was not stressed during any point. So if you're looking for something to watch and you don't want to be stressed out by anything, this would be a movie that you could watch. Now, I'm not overly familiar with Bing Crosby. I mean, I've seen him in White Christmas, and everyone knows his White Christmas song. But, Kate, I think you know a little bit more about him. Uh, I love Bing Crosby. What's what's he most well-known for besides this and White Christmas? Well, I mean, you have all of his movies, the On the Road films with Bob Hope were, I mean, that that was, there. I forget how many films, maybe five or six. I forgot he was in, I, I just remembered Bob Hope. <laughs> on the road to Morocco. I've seen that one. <laughs> on the road to Portugal. There's okay. a bunch of on the road. So he's been on the road. Um, I mean, but in addition, when you think of Bing Crosby, he's considered to be a consummate singer and performer. Um, not too much of a dancer, actually. But you could put, he was, you could call Bing Crosby in and he could do a whole bunch of different things in terms of being an entertainer. Acting was on that along with singing. But I don't think I've ever seen him in a film that did not involve singing. And this was probably the straightest 
perf- like part or story I've ever seen. And music didn't need to be a part of this, but then they decided, <laughs> it feels like they decided to make music a part of this. Although parts of it did feel a little bit like Sister Act, but with the priest instead of nuns. I was reminded often of Will Ferrell in Anchorman when he pulls out the jazz flute and says, I'm so unprepared. Uh, in, in, <laughs> in many, I'd say at least five or six scenes in this movie, he walks into a room for no reason. He sees a piano and goes, oh, a piano. Do you mind if I play? And then just launches into a song. Uh, and... It's just striking how he switches from, you know, normal human actor voice to Bing Crosby crooner voice. Uh, and it's uh, it's surprising. And it's a reminder that films, especially back then, are uh, all dubbed, right? They, right? they are all recorded clearly. His singing is recorded months later on a soundstage and uh and tweaked so it's 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 fine it's it's closer to a a review of some of his works than than anything sometimes yeah i would also say i mean the thing the thing about bing crosby in addition to him being adorable which i was like blowing up snap and insta with how much i love bing crosby while we were watching it but like he's the same in just about everything he does he has the same kind of bits he rotates through his delivery is pretty much the same even the way he sings is a very characteristic type um but i love all of it i'm i'm fine with him showing up the same every time because i love what he's doing every time it's very warm and comforting for me and it's not bad it must have been what the people in 1944 were looking for there i was looking at what this was up against double indemnity which i have seen uh I thought it was a far more interesting movie and Gaslight, which I've never seen, but it's a phrase that oh, we it's a phrase I've that we use. That. You've seen it? Oh yeah, that's Angela Lansbury's first film. Oh. And and the whole thing she plays the the housekeeper. Well, I don't you don't want to give it all away, but the whole idea is that um she's trying to trick whoever I can't remember, but it's very good and she's trying to trick whoever into believing that they're not something bad isn't happening, but something bad is happening. Yes, um, I only, I think I know that's where the modern term comes from. It, I'm sure the term's been around, but we've heard it a lot in the past uh, five years or so. Um, so yeah, you would think, looking back, probably oh, one of those two Gaslight films. Gaslight or a... Double Indemnity. Double Indemnity starring, who was it, Fred Murray? Yeah, Fred McMurray, the guy that's in uh, oh, all Flubber. the Disney movies. Yeah, the <laughs> Flubber movies and the uh, the six the Million Dollar Duck and all that. Um, yeah. Uh, looking back, probably one of those two films was better, but this was uh, what people wanted at the time. Oh, for sure, this is what the people wanted. A good Irish Catholic priest doing a good for an elder. I mean, and you got you got all the, the cast of characters of the, the crazy, not crazy, but like the kooky neighbors that are always the one neighbor that's always telling on people and the cute little kids, like the newsies. The one kid looks like a dead ringer for Christian Bale and newsies, 100%. Well, I was going to say Scarpini, Scar- Scarponi. Yeah. What What are some of the th- really this this could be in almost any order these different sequences. What are some of the little problems that he has to deal with uh, looking through the town? Yeah. I mean, you know, you want to say I would say somebody looking in on this would be like, well, he created a sense of community, but clearly community was already there. I think it was a matter of a deeper investment, right? Everybody knew each other and looked out for each other, but it was 
getting all of that community to turn inward toward the church. Um, although again, he had to raise, so one of the things was, um, the church was in financial ruin. The mortgage was going to be foreclosed on and he needed more money. So what did he do? He got Tony Scaponi's, uh, band of street thugs, question mark. They weren't thugs, but they definitely were street kids and turned them into a choir. And then he monetized the choir and sold a song and used that money to pay off the church. So, that's that would be one section. Um, the weird and complicated friendship relationship with the opera singer who he very clearly dated before he became a priest and she did not know. So when they ran across each other again, it was a big surprise for her. Um, it's because he had a big coat on and she couldn't coat. see his collar. And she was like holding took... his hand and he was letting her. Right. And then he takes off his coat and she goes, <gasps> Right, big surprise. Yeah, no date for her that night. Nope. Another one is early on. He meets. Uh, and this, this was a little obscure. There's a. Was she a prostitute? I don't think. I think. I think <laughs> if this had been pre-code, she would have been. But I think they wrote it in such a way that she wasn't. But the neighbors were pretending she was. But they right? decided she, she was, was a prostitute. She was a poor. She's like an eighteen-year-old girl. That was quote unquote found walking the street, and like they no, literally her. just like walking on the street. And yeah, like or waiting not. for the bus Who or knows? something. And uh, turns out she wanted to be a singer, and so we see her at the beginning of the film, and he gives her some singing advice, and gives her he gives her ten dollars, which it turns out is like a hundred and forty five dollars at the time i did a little who's just rolling around with like 150 bucks in their pocket father o'malley is no he took it from the the church right didn't he that's what i thought he He thought he was like from the church might have been and uh (laughs) and then we see her later with another plot thread of course like kate said the church the the physical building uh the mortgage is is due and so we have this older uh it's sort of like Anthony P. Kirby from You Can't Take It With You that we talked about and then his yeah, younger like son. Yeah, like a dad's son mortgage company. Right. And so we have this going on in the background. It turns out the son decides uh, he's going to renounce his uh, banker life and he ends up uh, getting together with this woman. So you see the son learning the value of, of living versus uh, versus going into the mortgage business and you see the uh, the father gain some perspective as well. Yes, and this was I, the only reference to World War II, right? I, I was watching it. I was like, oh, I'm surprised we haven't heard anything about it. Uh, and then it gets you. Right. It looks like the son is just going to quit his job and not do anything. And the father is real upset. And all of a sudden the son walks in. He's enlisted, right? He's going to go join join the forces. and uh, So that that was probably that nod to the, the audience there. Yeah, I agree. Um, so those are really, I mean, I can't really think of, uh, and I would say the other, the main thread that goes through the whole thing is the budding friendship, um, that comes between, uh, Father O'Malley and, oh gosh, what was the guy's, the other, the other priest's name, his little friend. Oh, Fitzgibbons. I thought that's what it was. Okay. Father Fitzgibbon. Um, so the two of them. Their friendship obviously starts out with the old man being very cranky about this quote-unquote whippersnapper who's in his 40s um, coming to take over. And eventually a friendship does bud between them. And I think them having like the little shots from the sneak away liquor he has hidden in the little drawer, that's adorable. You know, there's some really nice moments between them. Um, 
And at the end, he gets, what, his mom to come back for him. You know, there's some real sweet things. And then Bing Crosby, just like Mary Poppins, just dips away in the night, never to be seen again. There are some, uh, even Father Fitzgibbons, the existing priest, he is a little old and out of touch, and he has a few views that need to be just just massaged just a bit. He tends to believe these boys <laughs> uh, just because they belong to Catholic homes that doesn't realize they're actually out causing trouble and they need a little more guidance than they're getting right he tells the young woman that we mentioned earlier um oh just go home and uh wait for a wait for a man to come and marry you uh a little bit out oh, of it okay. there sure. and uh and yes he clearly has no idea how to run any of the finances uh, of the church and so he needs some some help there he thinks it's just his preaching that's going to get it set so uh Bing Crosby's able to navigate this and uh, just kind of show him what what the church actually needs at the time, and moves in. Like I said, this is very PG. Is maybe even G, right? Uh, not oh, not G because yeah. a child wouldn't like it, but uh, this is extremely extremely mild, mild uh, as far as conflict. I don't. I think it, it's almost as though Bing Crosby doesn't stop with that goofy grin the entire time. I never get the sense he's actually upset about anything. No, 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 no. Even when it is like a difficult situation, he's just like, oh, no problem. I'll just take care of it. Um, old biddies and, and police guys alike and Crosby can charm them all, which isn't untrue to the general public. I never met Ben Crosby, so I'm not sure what like IRL is, but you know, on screen, that's fine. I did not think this movie was very good, but it does clearly <laughs> influence some things that came later. Uh, so I wanted to just mention a few that we already mentioned a few of them. Clearly, this had I must have had some sort of influence on the film version of Mary Poppins. Uh, obviously, there was a novel published separately, but clear connection there. Sister Act, clear connection there. Oh yeah. Even a film I mentioned as we watched, The Two Popes. I can't help but wonder if that. Why? I didn't. I I didn't feel like that connection was there, but you really did. Well, you had a number of scenes, again, with this older priest and this younger priest, and they're talking about their backgrounds, and they're they're originally at odds with each other, and then they come together, and just, just a number of the way the scenes are filmed. I can't, I can't help but wonder if the screenwriter behind The Two Popes, because have you seen The Two Popes? Oh, yeah. I watched yeah. it, Waiting for Godot at the Vatican. It's entirely made up, right? <laughs> they never actually met in yeah, that way. They're, so. they're, well, that, that anyone knows of or witnessed or would be able to. But, I mean, the guy that wrote the book did extensive interviews, at the very least, with um, Pope Francis. And I would imagine had done a significant amount of research. But, I mean, it, when you watch them, and the movie is based off of that book. But when, when you watch the movie, it's very clearly not necessarily about the two men so much as a very narrow look at two spectrums of the church in general. That's why I call it waiting for Godot. Cause it doesn't even feel like two people talking so much as two intrinsic ideals or, or philosophies or eschatology. Does that make sense? Am I, whereas this seemed much more personal. I don't think you've read waiting for Godot in a while, but I understand. What I you're, know what you, you're like, it's a philosophical, like, yes. I don't know, exercise. Yes. I well, again, feel that's, I just saw bits of that here again. I don't think, I don't think they were watching going my way and thought, let's write the two popes, but uh, <laughs> I bet I, it, it's too, too much of a connection to ignore. However, I did notice Speaking of connections, Bing Crosby 
is um, way worse than Mary Poppins because uh, he doesn't doesn't know what he's doing, right? He, and I I think about... he's doing there's a lot of connections and i think we've made them right guy shows up and he has a cranky father that he needs to correct there are kids that are running amok that he needs to fix he teaches people bankers involved a banker's trying to do stuff Uh, he teaches people the value of song Uh, there is some sort of pyro incident involved in a building and finally like kate mentioned at the end after everything is right sneaks out the back way However, yep. he's terrible at uh, most of what he does because he has oh, this song terrible. that he's written called he's Going just... My Way. It's the name of the film, and That's he thinks it's so great. And not only is it not good to listen to, but nobody in the film likes it. Including, sings... <laughs> including Fred from I Love Lucy. Fred Mirth. It was probably the funniest moment. He gets this boys' choir he's been raising. He brings in his opera singer friend. They rent out the Met. They get this uh, orchestra to play, and they're pitching the song, and this is going to save the church. And they say, nah. I'm good. No thanks. Solid. Yeah. And then they sing the song um, Swing on a Star, which I thought was just like a children's song. I guess it's from this movie. Uh, He and the- Dan learned something. You might grow up to be a mule- uh, that song, uh, I guess it's from from this film. So they they like that song and they buy that one instead, and that's what saves the church. But yeah, Mary Poppins would not have. Uh, it'd be like Mary Poppins singing "Super Califragilisticexpialidocious" and them going, yeah, "That's kind of weird." Uh, I don't think I want to be in and this then painting she's anymore. Spoonful of sugar, and they're like, "You're great." Yeah, or <laughs> don't fall asleep. The the worst song oh, in the in the movie. That's not a good song. Yeah, not a fan of that song. Um, they they say not to be sarcastic like that to children. I think Mary Poppins was, was rather rude. I I think most if if you read the book, Mary Pop or even saw the movie, Mary Poppins was a little bit rude. You you read the book? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. I read too, Dan. You're not the only one that reads. I didn't say that, but I never read Mary Poppins. Yeah. Well. I didn't read Gone with the Wind, but I read Mary Poppins, so there. Well. Hmm. Yale Travers. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention was the connection here. It, the Children's Choir reminded. So this is directed by Leo McCary. Um, not Leo McGarry. Hey. Uh, anyway, so Leo McCary also directed An Affair to Remember, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. And Dan hasn't seen. And one day when we're done with this project... We'll watch it and you'll hate it and I'll love it. But in that, it's the same. There's there's a couple of child choir um, scenes that are very, very, very similar to this. And it almost is like Leo McCary just picked up the sequences, put them in the other movie. Um, same little like making the kids be quippy and like zoom in on one kid at a time. And anyway, I just thought it was fun. Fun little connection between the two films that are very similar, and I recommend everyone go watch An Affair to Remember, but you should watch Sleepless in Seattle first so you understand how great it is. Leo McCary. I did not realize this was a director prior to seeing this, but I guess he did direct Duck Soup, which I have seen. That was a pretty solid movie. But he made 200 movies, it looks like, so good for him. And those are just three. Those are just a couple. Mm Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, this is probably going to be a shorter episode because, honestly, good or bad, there's just not that much to talk well, about there. here. Mm-mm. It it is it exists. Uh, it happened. I understand why it happened. Um, oh wait, wait, wait! I forgot we were going to read some. It was super well received. Should I receive? Should I read some of the? the... Well, give yeah, give us one or two of those uh, just to see what well, people I thought of it have, at the time. I only have two, but okay. anyway. According to the New York Times, Going My Way was, quote, the best of Crosby's career, saying a lot for a performer who has been on one of the steadiest joys of the screen. But in this Leo McCary film, he definitely found his sturdiest role to date, which is hilarious because it was just the same as everything else. He was stunningly supported by Barry Fitzgerald, who plays one of the warmest characters the screen has ever known. I mean, he was fine. As a matter of fact, it is a cruel slight to suggest that this is Mr. Crosby's show. It is his and Mr. Fitzgerald's together, and they make it one of the rare delights of the year. Now that I know that it was up against Gaslight, I feel like this person was waxing a bit poetic, although maybe they wanted a feel-good film, and that's what happened there. Um, It was also... I thought just so much dead space. The movie was two hours and what eight minutes. Yeah, I think could... this could have been a solid ninety-minute film as well. There, there were times when there was literally just silence and people just staring at each other, thinking yeah. about what the next line is. Um, so that that was a detractor for me. Hmm. I agree as well. Um, Variety said, "Hold on, where is it?" That. Bing Crosby gets a tailor-made role, accurate, with Barry Fitzgerald and Rye Stevens, clicks solidly to provide top-notch entertainment for wide audience appeal. And I think that really, in a nutshell, describes what we saw. We saw big-name actors for the time doing something that a lot of people would like at a time where the nation needed a bit of light, stressless viewing. That's what going my way was. It happened, and we saw it, and now <laughs> it's time to say where do we think it should rank. I don't. So know. if you take Let's a look go. at our list that I have posted below, you'll notice I made Wait. one change. Can you can you text it to I me? I can send it to you as well. I have actually originally we had Broadway Melody at ninety and Cavalcade at ninety one, but since we have been recording uh, over the past couple of weeks, we actually had a new film come out the 92nd winner which was uh parasite so i'm going ahead and i'm lowering um each of those by one right because i think our whole whole point is that they were the bottom two so so you're going to see a slight change there Um, okay i see it now the gift of technology yeah so this is our our list uh kate where do you think we should put going my way unless you want me to go first um i why don't i always tend to go first I'm interested in you going first. Kate, I'm going to put this one at 90 because Whoa. I, and it's not even that I didn't enjoy watching it. Put it but below it How so, Green Was My Valley. Oh, oh, How Green Was My Valley was about something, right? And it had some <laughs> scope and it had a story. This this was, this was a Hallmark movie, right? This was I, nothing was. more than that. And I understand why it won. I didn't even hate it as I saw it, but th- this okay. this is okay. a, this was one you look back and go, eh, probably not a, a good choice there. 
Could it be like 85? Could that be something? We could do that for now and give it some breathing room. Because I think there's a <laughs> some few... breathing room. Well, just to see if there's anything worse that would come in those spots. But I don't know. I don't know. It, right. it was forgettable. Uh, I would tell anybody if you uh, have something better to do, consider it. Um, but if you're on this journey with us and you want to watch all of them, then go for it. It won't be a bad two hours. I would say in comparison to some of the other films, like there were some that literally like when watching them made just my eyes bleed. For example, like movies you could skip unless you're diehard watching this. Like um, The Life of Emily Zola was a lot. Cavalcade, don't even bother. Like not even a little bit. Um, the Great Ziegfeld wasn't awesome. It was fine. Um, but this one... You could watch it. Okay. Was that like browsing endorsement? Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm just hearing some weird noise in the background trying to figure out what that was. It wasn't me. I didn't do anything. Interesting. Hmm. Well, hopefully it doesn't come through on the recording. Find out. I think it's gone. Um, Dan, so what's what's happening next? What are we going to see next? So next up is 1945, and World War II is still going on, but the film, from my memory, has really no connection to it at all, and it is a little unconventional. The film's called The Lost Weekend, and it's quite literally about an alcoholic who has no access to alcohol for the weekend. That stresses me out. Is this movie going to stress me out? Because that guy needs medical attention. It absolutely will. It is a uh, oh. in-depth look at. It is an in-depth look at the, you know, the not hardly a new topic at the time, alcoholism, but something that had probably not been explored on film before. Uh, oh. So it's going to be very unconventional compared to what we've seen before. Ooh, we'll okay. see. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. We certainly will. Following oh. that, we'll be jumping right back into World War II aftermath with the best years of our lives, 1946. But we'll save that for another day. Apparently. Okay. All right, Dan. Well, overall, do you have any last thoughts about going my way? Is there anything you, you forgot to share with the class? I've got nothing. I wish going my way well. I hope it goes its own way. But I have got to be going my way. Oh, but um bum um, okay, well, that's all I got. Thanks for joining us here on Cinema Cemetery. A big shout out to Chaz Hearn for the music, My Own Way, and Andre Perez for artwork. And I'm Kate. I'm Dan. Take care. From now on, I'll go my own way.